I'm Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. My friend Paul Rodriguez said, We have a dear friend who has a gift for gab. That friend he is referring to is my guest today, photographer Bill Alcover. He has used that gift to open up doors with everybody he's ever met and those he has photographed. Years later, photographers in the industry still talk about Bill's greatness to push the limits of remotes and strobes in photography. Bill has more in common with other greats, Sam Shepard, David Nevin, and Lou Garrett. Junior in high school, right? And you go into the guidance director's office, and, then they, and he says, well, what, what do you want to do for a living? And I, I said to the guidance counselor, I want to be a photographer. This is when I was in a junior, and you know, you you know, do what? Yeah, for newspapers and stuff. I want to. That's what I want to do. And Mr. Johnson said, "I don't know if you could make can't make a living doing that. You might you might want to think about um, maybe working in a camera store or something." And I, you know, I said, "I'm not. Fuck it. I'm not gonna. You know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a, a photojournalist." I'm Matt Brown host of Just Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. We've had such guests who have beaten cancer, won the Pulitzer Prize, and Emmy winner Trayvon Free. I existed in a bubble that I didn't know existed because my uncle at the time was a very prominent gang member. Okay. And Is this on mom's side or dad's side? Mom. Okay. And they knew who I was because I was his nephew. Okay. So nobody messed with me ever. But does that put a target on you <clears throat> for the other team? If they know. Right. Okay. And so what it does. It's such a weird dynamic. Yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> internally you're even more protected, but like outside of that bubble, if someone has beef with him or them and right. they know who you are. Yeah, you're yeah, low hanging fruit. Exactly. Like you could be the I'll target. Get to him by you. Exactly. And so, like, I mean, thankfully that never happened. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into part one of my conversation with Bill Alcover. Bill, the man, the myth, the legend. Aw, thanks. I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad I'm here, too. I'm glad you're able to take the time out of your busy day. I, well, I'm kind of retired, so there's uh, not... You know, retired know. people, though, are very busy. I don't... Well, you should be. Yes. You know, because if you're not, um, like my dad retired and he started doing nothing, that's when you start to get sick. So mom yanked him out of the chair and says, we're going to travel, you know, around the world. You know, I'm just do stuff. And because, she dragged him around uh, the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that uh, like doing nothing isn't like good for you. I mean, like uh, physically. Right. Right. So the dad always had um, us, uh, us doing things. He would hate especially in the summer if we were lounging around, right, on the couch or whatever. And he'd always come up and he'd say, hey, kid, the uh, couch is just a practice coffin. <laughs> Go outside <laughs> and skin your knee, right? Right. And when, do you, when are you supposed to be home? When the sun when goes the, down. No, when the street lights come Or the street around. lights go, yes. Yeah, Same yeah, difference almost, yeah, right? Yeah, and then that's like, I don't want to be one of those back-in-the-day guys, but kids nowadays are, are just sitting, you know, with, with the phone, you know, and three of them sitting next together and texting each other. Right. You know, that's no good. No. Um, 
So tell me, where did young Bill grow up? He grew up in Park River, North Dakota. How was that and state as a young lad? I, you know, it's a good place to be from. Um, <laughs> is that the bumper sticker? Yeah. Oh, no, no. The bumper sticker is, uh, you know, it's um, stand on a beer can, see 100 miles. And then, <laughs> and then uh, uh, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. <laughs> it's very flat, cold, foreboding. Um, is that close to Canada or yeah, lower? Yeah, yeah, we were close. Okay. To, we were like 90 kilometers from Canada. Holy gosh. So we would, well, we would make road trips up there. Uh, the beer was much better. And you couldn't do that today. And it's all, but we'd just run up there and um, and uh, get get the beer and come back. Was that uh, like farm country, mountain? Oh, yeah, it's all farm stuff. Uh, flat, because you mentioned the uh, can of beer. Yeah, yeah, flat. And uh, I'm not, that's a state I haven't been to. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, there's really no reason to do that. Um, <laughs> I want to come visit. It, it was well, it was well known for uh, nuclear weapons. So that, back in the Cold War, that's where they stored all the nukes because they figured that the Ruskies would come in and attack from the north. So uh, pretty much every farmer had a nuclear weapon in his field. Oh, uh, and there was like a little. It was buried in the ground, a little like twenty-five by twenty-foot, you know, fence around it that says uh, property U.S. Air Force use of deadly force authorized. Now, do you get like a rental fee if you get a silo in your uh, yard? Uh, I wonder if they could pay you back. I don't know. And But like the weird thing is like, like there's two guys in there. In that, right. Yeah. On your property. Uh, well, yeah, if you're a farmer because what, you, what are you going to say? I mean, I don't think you're going to make a big yeah, to-do about it. So. <laughs> and then this anti-nuke group, they, they named every one of the installations. So I grew up near uh, Kissinger's Remorse. <laughs> um, now, were you an only child? No. Oh, no, no. There's five kids, Catholic. You oh, um, where yeah. do you sit? In the middle? I'm top? In, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm, the, I'm in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. You're in the middle? Yeah. Boys, and, girls? Uh, two older sisters and then, um, and then two younger brothers. Oh, so. wow. They really worked that out. Yeah, well, it, it was good because um, for five of us, because my mom, believe it or not, talked and talked and talked and talked, and then she would have us like actually pinned into a corner and talking, and so we would kind of like a tag team wrestling. Yeah, we'd come in and, re and relieve her. So. <laughs> and, I, and if you can't believe that, that that my mom was a big talker, I don't know if you can believe that. You no, know, I don't no, know where no, no, no. that would have fallen someone, on any of you children. Someone told me that. Um, uh, they said, um, uh, ask Bill what time it is, and he'll tell you how to make a watch. That's what. So. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, during my research of this uh, podcast, I, I did find a former staffers that did say you do have the gift of gab. Uh, well, no, it's, it's, um, it's important as a journalist to have that gift of oh, gab. Oh, it is. Well, I could, anyone in the world, I could go up and start a conversation. Oh, absolutely. That's what, that's what we do. You walk into someone's house. And you look around and you see, uh, oh, there's a book that you read. Oh, there's Travels with Charlie. What do you think? What do you think of that book? And and then they said, I loved it. I said, well, did you know that that one of the parts, the third part of the book that he travels across North Dakota and Minnesota, and uh, that's where I used to live. Oh, really? And then we talk about, you know, driving on his same path and. You can see the world's largest Holstein and the world's largest buffalo, world's largest prairie chicken, you know. And then just kind of bullshit with them like that. And then, you know, and because and, and, people are uh, kind of, um, you know, nervous, reticent. And their picture taken, too. Sure. Everyone takes this to every, everyone's picture, right? But, right. But 
but not the, not with a professional, you know, camera. Right. And so that um, could be intimidating. It is intimidating. So then you ha you have to make them feel comfortable, you know. Um, and same thing with uh, so what I, often I would do is you shoot someone's portrait, whatever twenty minutes, and then you just put the camera down, and then they think you're done. And they really be who they really are, and then you say, "Oh wait, wait, wait! Oh, that—that's your real, you know, pose." And then you you shoot them in that pose. Right. And then nowadays, you know what they always want to do? Can I see it? Can I yeah. see it? Everybody wants to see I, it. I tell them, "No, you cannot see it." But your mom here or your friend, they can see it. And so then you scroll through, and then you ask the mom, "Which of these pictures looks most like your daughter?" And and they said that one there because people don't know what they look like right and then the mom says or whatever oh can i can you send me a file can you send me that file and i said under one condition that you have to take the image i send you and make a print and put it on your refrigerator that's i'm serious about this you have to do that right um because people don't do that anymore they, they don't, don't i mean okay uh, matt brown in, in your wallet do you have pictures of your kids I don't, because my wallet is one of those new wallets like made out of metal. It just holds cards. No pictures. But in my phone, I've got a and million. Your fucking, excuse me. And your, <laughs> and your phone. Uh, people, you can curse all you want, yeah, Bill. You have the right. Because he's, uh, yeah, oh, can I see a picture of your kids? And then they're like, oh, here, here. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. But I, I, I got pictures of my kids uh, because... Um, Someday, maybe all those ones and zeros will go away, you right? Know, and we'll lose it. So, um, you take a look on my refrigerator; it's full of pictures of my kids and my nieces, and you know, and loved ones, people. And, and, love, and then there's yeah. a couple things I don't love that's on there too. You know, uh, it's good to be reminded. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, no, it's mostly like panda bears, or you know, <laughs> uh, we don't want to get me into that. But I, and we we will. We'll dive into the second bears. half and um, the anti-panda bear yeah, uh, the panda movement. Ran. You kind of uh, rolled no, into. People should. should do that they should have pictures and and and, and photo albums right yes uh, because um they, if they don't uh let's say the grandkids are over visiting at christmas and grandma where's your where's your pictures of your wedding or you know whatever and they and they ah, i'm one of these what they used to call a uh, external hard drive <laughs> and they don't have the pictures of anything significant yeah and I've covered some events, you know, fires and floods, and people say the thing that that they miss the most is the is the pictures. All right. the other stuff. Oh, is, sure. All totally the other replaceable. Stuff. So uh, right now, I am making it mandatory to all listeners to just make a printout of one photo of your kids or loved ones or donkey, you know, and and then put it on the refrigerator. And just you know, and every morning when you look up and you say, "Oh, there's my daughter," when she was, um, you know, 14 years old or you know whatever. Um, and I, I think, it's less annoying and brings and then the scrolling. Wait, 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 wait! You know, people are scrolling. Oh, I got this, and then like 10 minutes later, right? Know, and I, I just, I can just flip up my wallet and you know, and like, oh, that's a great photo. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just. I think that we're in for trouble if, you know, all, we don't have prints. Well, yeah, and all, and there. I don't mean to be one of those paranoid guys, but that is a possibility that you lose everything digital to sunspot activity or whatever. Mm, and, boy, and yeah, you know, got it. There. 
Where did you get your sense of humor from? Mom, dad? Uh, combination. Yeah. Mom and dad. Uh, mom was the, you know, kind of the uh, straightforward, you know, was, you know, jokes. But dad was the cynical and wry one, you know. So, like, one was Dean and one was Jerry? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one was, <laughs> yeah, let's look at that, you know. And, and, and it's a combination of that. And that's how our family was, is that when... If uh, we make fun of you, and that means we like you. If we don't like you, we don't talk to you. <laughs> you know, and I think that came from, um, well, my grandfather and my mother were both, I guess, journalists. Okay. Um, and uh, the uh, grandpa was uh, a journalist because of problems with the law. Interesting. And yeah, it was. What, uh, what kind of trouble yeah, did well, Grandpa uh, get into? Uh, bootlegging. Oh uh, yeah, yes. So it was, it was the depression. Okay. And and uh, crops failed, mm -hmm. and and then uh, Grandpa's got seven daughters to feed, so he made a still, and he got busted by the revenuers, and they sent him to jail up in Duluth, Ooh. Minnesota. But Grandpa's sister was a nun, and she comes up and she starts railing on the jailer. You know, how can you? How dare can you put my brother in jail? He's got seven dollars. On and on. At one point, then the jailer said, "Lady, if you promise never to come to Duluth again, I'll let your boy. You know, I'll let your son. I'll let your brother free." So then he comes back to the farm, still no way of, you know making money so he hit his still further back in the woods right right but now he's got to have some source of income you know so he went down to the newspaper and says yeah hey i'd like to start a newspaper column well mad everyone likes you sure so he starts the um newspaper column but he he uh, hires my mom and the other sister to go out and get the local news you know um uh yeah the, the barber shops you know and the bakeries Dad, we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to be reporters. And he said, well, you go in there with your notebook, right? And then you ask questions, and then you close the notebook. And then Grandpa would say the, the, the journalism starts when that notebook closes. And so she learned to be, you know, loquacious and, and always, you know, too, too much talking. So <laughs> when, uh, when Dad first saw her before they were... Um, Got married. They were at a, a dance, and he, uh, my dad, said to his cousin, "Ooh, I like the look of that girl over there. I think maybe I'll go dance with her." And uh, his cousin said, "Well, Ray, um, just want to let you know, you won't get a word in edgewise." <laughs> She'll get you. So that was that was their, you know, um, dad was was more quiet, but he was smart as a whip. You know, read one book a week, and mom was. You know, again, if she doesn't know you, Matt, but if I called her right now, and you got, she would have you talking for an hour, and she would find out someone who was related, you know, and um, and you'd have a fun time, but you'd be worn out by the end. <laughs> so, I what mean, was dinner like at your house then, um, with all seven of you? Well, that's God, I miss those days too. We actually sat down for dinner, right? Right. Uh, the breakfast was more interesting. We all came up at the same time, and we had a newspaper there, right? Uh, so everybody and, sat for breakfast, and then you rotate the the, the newspaper. Or you know, roll around yeah, the table, yeah, and it's like, uh, no, I I get the Dayberry column. No, you get the Dayberry column, and it rotate around. Uh, you know, we read the newspaper. So. What's the age difference from oldest to youngest? Uh, um, uh, 
how old how old Who's are they the, now? Yeah. Like, I, when, the, when the youngest was born, how old was the oldest? Well, the youngest was a mistake. Um, he, and he figured that out. Uh, <laughs> mom? By his middle uh, name, mistake? Uh, or no, was no. That? I was like, Mom, all the other uh, sisters and brothers are real close in age, but I, uh, I'm a lot younger than the rest of them. <laughs> Blame the Catholic Church on that one. <laughs> Talk to your father. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oldest sister is four years older, and then the other sister is two years, and then you then know you. two, and then and then me, then my little brother, and then the littlest brother. Larger gap, you know, like so he could have been two at the table, and your sister's like what, 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's a quite a you know, who's yeah. getting what? One's yeah. getting cartoons, one's trying to read the front page. That's why it was all just pretty much no, it was all just you know, that's when we learned that newspapers were important, you know, it's uh. The daily newspaper. Was it a daily paper in uh, yeah. your little town? Well, no. There was the daily paper was Fargo or the Grand Forks okay. paper. And then the did you get uh, that one? Uh, or yeah. Was that then, a Sunday? No, we we got it every day. Okay. We, we got the, and then the the other paper in town was uh, the weekly, the Walsh County Press, and that was my first job. In, when did uh, that come out? What uh, day? Once a week. What day do you remember? Monday, yeah. Tuesday. I don't remember. Okay. A long time ago. I know. I know. Thursday or something. <laughs> so that was my first. We'll find out. Full job is <laughs> is um, after school when I was a junior, and I worked for the newspaper, and then I've only worked for the newspaper since. Now, did any older sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One older. Oh, that's how I got the job. Older sister had the job, and she basically just did the paste up. You know. Okay. And, so and, and so then I got the job, and I did. Uh, you know, typesetting. Okay. You know, and then um, uh, the... Uh, was there training involved? Or was it, I'm yeah. pr- I was pretty smart. I didn't need training. Okay. And, and then we did the other one where, you know, go down to the basement, find an old bound copy, you know, and this, you know, uh, this is what happened back in 1927 and then rewrote um, wedding. Um, and someone would send in what happened at their wedding and then you'd rewrite it and then... Right. And then paste up. And then I got to do uh, the question of the week. And, you know, like man on the street. Right. The question would be something like, uh, do you think that we should put in a new stoplight on Briggs Avenue? And everybody hated hated doing that because people like, you come up to the people, no one wants to do it and no one wants to take their picture. Right. And I learned right pretty soon that the technique of that, which carried on to... This day, uh, you go up to the person and you say, "Hi, Bill. I'm with the Walsh County Press, and we're we're, we're asking people about that. Um, you know, they're thinking about putting the uh, the light on Briggs Street. I know for me myself, I'm I'm against it, but a lot of people like it. I mean, you drive. I see you driving around town. What do you do? You like it or not? And they go, I don't know. It's okay. I you know I, I take some good news to, but I'm sure that there's and then I'm just talking about it. Right. And then. Uh, and they don't, you know, they're answering the, they're answering the, the, question. the question, question of the week. And and then I would say, oh, I forgot how to spell your name. So now you got their name. And they go, oh, we need to, and then we need to, I'm going to have to uh, get a picture of it, of you. But, you know, the light is really bad uh, right here. You'll look a lot better if you go step back in the shade. And then you, it was with a Polaroid. And I take two Polaroids. And I said, oh, this is great. People like that. 
and they didn't, they didn't, so they didn't realize that they were being interviewed, right? They just thought they were talking. Now, about, who told you that? Who taught you that technique? I learned that on my own after a couple. I guess that'd be from my from my mom and my grandpa. You know, don't interview them. Just go up and talk to them. And, and that will be an interview. Because if you go up, to, even today, if you go up to someone, you know, and, and even in my job, if I go up to someone and and say, uh, you know, and you go up and say, I want to take your picture for the newspaper or, you know, uh, can, and then ask them, can, is it okay if I ask you a question? And you don't do that. You just talk to them. And, uh, and then you realize that, you know, that they're giving the more honest answer. So... Yeah, I could run as many pictures as I want. Um, Henry W. Kelly, you know, papers were really making good money back then, you know, and wow. uh, he much much space as you need. So, um, so just make a full page of pictures, and he goes, "Well, I need you to. Uh, I want you. I want you to be a columnist." And then I was a columnist, and my job was he. You know, he said, "You know, why don't you just do us a, a weekly column about teenagers." Uh, find two teenagers anywhere around and then do a story on them and, you know, a picture of them at the car wash or whatever. And then then I did, uh, I said, what about, and during the school year, what if we did a profile of all the seniors uh, and, and two of them every week? And, uh, and, and he let me get away with some goofy stuff. You know, we <laughs> shot you know, a picture of one kid uh, we we talked the town cop into uh, arresting him and frisking him on the uh, in the in the parking lot where he wasn't supposed to be. And, you know. <laughs> Scaring the hell out of his well, everyone, Yeah, when I went back from my 40th uh, reunion, a lot of people kids came up to me and they go, "I can't believe that we did some of the things and they let us you know get away with it." You know? Was that the fun of living in a small town like that? Well, that was yeah, that was part part of it now is like yeah you can things were so more laid back and I always said I always thought that um, you know you can take a kid from Park River North Dakota back in the day put him in downtown LA or you know or, or New York and after a couple of weeks he will have adjusted right mm-hmm. take a kid from New York City and throw him into North Dakota and he's like he's not going to have the survival skills he won't make it. No, no well, way. Probably, yeah, and, it, and that's because, uh, well, I knew, of course, that no way am I going to, you know, stay here. I'm going to go on from that. But we had newspapers, three TV stations, and you knew the world, you know, and you knew what's, what's going to happen. And What was the size of that town? A third, when I was there, it was about 2,000. So you knew everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, you know... You know the you know the the mayor and the drunks and the athletes and the the uh, cop and the and, barber and, 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 and the and the one black guy and the one black guy and his name was Frank White. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but you know it it, it wasn't like oh you know he just you he wasn't the one black guy he was Frank. He was Frank. Yeah. And, and uh, you know I lived in small towns and, and then other towns where you had a little bit more diversity and you never thought that uh, you never thought about those guys being a different race you know they were John or Bob you know you and just it, had no, Frank no, and I and I think that the pe- people possibly in places like that are less racist than people you know who live amongst the 
variety of, you know, they're just, mm -hmm. everyone's just a person, right? Right, um, especially when it's that small of a town. Yeah. Frank met something. He was, what did Frank do? Uh, Frank, was, he was a student with all the rest of his classmates, and, and uh, he he was, um, he was a, he was a guard, he was a two, uh, and he had an outside shot from the perimeter, but he didn't dribble very well, and so, uh, you know, a lot of turnovers, so... Like he and we, he was a, a you know a, on the bench. I like, love that you give Frank scouting reports still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a weak left hand control though. Yeah, yeah. that's what. I mean, I uh, and I played all sports, and I was shitty at all of them. But you you played. That's great. And now, thirty five, forty years later, I'm doing something, and I hear Coach Schmidt in my head. Right? And I realized, oh, he wasn't talking about basketball. He was talking about life. You know, a good coach is like that. Yeah. You know, he would always say, pay attention, pay attention. And, you know, and he was, and generally in life, people don't pay attention anymore, right? Pay attention to details, you know, keep your head on a swivel. And, uh, you know, and um, sometimes you'll... Uh, You'll beat the big guy sometimes. He'll beat you, you know, sure. that that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I had great coaches, and you know, that's what I think that's what sports are about, right? That that part part of a team, right? And it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Absolutely, doesn't matter what team you're in, um, or 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 gang, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, you know the. The Pittsburgh Steelers fans, or Marine Corps people, or uh, or cops, or you know that's um, you know your gang. And, right. Uh, and Tupac actually said everyone wants to be in a gang from the very very beginning of time, right? To survive, sure. You you gotta, you're in the same same tribe. You yeah, know? you got to be in a, have a group. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 in a group, aren't we? Matt, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd be in your gang any day. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, I think me too, you, if, nah, because people know you, because that um, we have talked about this because you made made um, an attempt when you were at the um, with the Angels. And you see a new guy coming in, and then you welcome him. You know, you were you were a. Um, uh, emissary, right? And and that was you realized right away that was part of your job. You know, new people come in, make them comfortable because they're really nervous. The first time you come into Angel Stadium, yeah, you know, and it's like, uh, uh, you know, what do I do? And then you tell them simple stuff like, oh, okay, second inning, uh, you get to shoot behind the plate, you know, the pitcher, pitcher, you know, and. Um, you know, and uh, I always felt it was my job to be a good host. Yeah. Right. They're coming uh -huh. into my house. Right. I'm going to show them around. Uh -huh. I'm going to have water for them, snacks, sunscreen on day games. You can go here. You can go here. Anything you need, you ask me. We'll make it happen. And I think VJ would be proud. Well, thank you. I mean, that's where I learned it from. You learned from VJ Liberty. Yes. I mean, th yeah. that was his very much his motto. Yeah. Take care of people coming into his house. Right. Well, and also you guys are great photographers. I mean, you are, you right. know, as far as sports are concerned. I mean, and that's... Um, and Even that's, if I sucked, it was still about being good being good to people. Well, and uh, and not being stale. 
Yeah. It's so easy if you're doing it, you know, it's like, and you get into your routine. You know, um, uh, baseball is, um, it seems like an easy sport to shoot, but it's oh. really, really, really hard, you know. Um, and then so I, and so when I got the job at the register and I see all these great photographers, you know, sports shooters and stuff, uh, like I want to learn from them. Well, let's talk about that. When did you get a camera in your hand? When did, was that introduced to you? A camera in my, well, I was, um, a little guy? Yes, well, uh, 16, 17 years old. How'd you get it? Birthday uh, gift around the house? I, um, when I went out to do that question of the week, we're, we're doing it on old-fashioned Polaroid, and it's like, even then you realize that's kind of expensive. Yeah. And, um, and the the boss's, um, his daughter. What, what year was that? 1978. Wow, yeah. that was an expensive yeah. Tool. Yeah, I don't know why we did that. And and so uh, the boss's um, daughter was, you know, a photographer, and uh, and she had a, uh, a Canon FTB with a motor drive that she didn't um, she didn't use. Well, well she goes um, she goes uh, you can use this, you know. And so, but I was it wasn't mine. But that then like next year I bought a um, a Canon AE one. Uh, $258.95 from Honest Abe. Now, were you smitten the moment you started taking pictures? Was Did you feel a love, a connection? Like, yeah, it was like, like my um, my raison d'etre, my reason for being, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's what I should be doing. And um, and it was fun, and, and it was... Um, uh, and I think I knew right away that... I think you're born with some of that ability, how to take, um, you know, three dimensions and put in, putting them into two, uh, you know, and just fill the frame and rule of thirds. But I think you, I think some of that needs to be um, inborn, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, I mean, I don't know if you can teach it that much. Um, well, some. I think you can teach to a point, but they've got right. that that other forty percent of that importantness. It has to yeah. be in you. Yeah, man, I think that might be life, right? That might be like, I could I could never do math or physics, but there are some people who were born with that, right? Right. And, and whatever, you know, a part, there's one part of your brain that clicks on, right? And mm -hmm. it's like, um, uh, you know, I, I did a story on a woman who was a, a acquired savant, and she was just a, uh, a ranch hand in Colorado, and she fell and hit her head. And when she woke up, she was a brilliant artist. <laughs> so I think some of that, uh, I think some of that is you're 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 born with it, and lucky if you follow that, you know. And yeah, and so when that camera is in your hand, you know, um, and there are other kids in school too. You know, that they, they did that, and right. it's like it was such a charge. I mean, can you close your eyes and just feel what that cannon felt like in your hand? And yeah, you were just well, like, now it's now it's so tiny, small, you know, right? And, and uh, but then, yeah, and it, 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 it was, was that your escape? Like, oh, this is it. Uh, no, I just I combined that with rest the rest of my my life, you know, and just as part of it. Um, and that's what I wanted to do, and I. I uh, I remember getting in trouble. Like I said, I was in all all the sports, and um, and another buddy of mine, a photographer, you know, he just got his camera, and um, I was I, I I never played. I was sitting at the very end of the bench, and my friend John 
comes up. He goes, I can't, I can't figure out how to put the film in there. So he gave me, and I'm sitting at the end of the bench, and Coach Schmidt, um, uh, he caught me, and he and he's loading film, loading film, and he said, uh, you have to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to be a basketball player or a photographer? And um, I didn't answer him, but you know, I told I would told him that yeah, I want to be both. I know you know. I like the photography, but I also want to be on your team, coach. You know, even though I suck, and I want to be able to get out of school early and go on the bus. <laughs> you know, and, and that, that was the reason you yeah. try to get out of math. And, uh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's why I was in all in all the sports. But um, yeah, I wasn't very good. Now, wait. now, wait a minute. Okay, do not tell me you are not very good at sports, because right. in my research, you are a world champion. 1979 All right. curler. Yeah, curling. Yeah, that was one thing I could do. Come on. Yeah, I could curl. Uh, I, you know. Um, so don't give me this crap about right. I'm not a decent athlete. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, Put a you're, stone and a broom in your hand, and you're a lethal weapon, mister. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I get because, I, again, you studied the sport, and it was it was fun. And, um, yeah, and don't ever, 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 ever tell a, uh, a curler that, Oh, it's like shuffleboard on ice. <laughs> We're really nice guys, but if you say that, you know that's you know. It's, Fisticuffs might fly. Oh well, yeah. Well, you know they won't buy you a beer at the end of the. You know. Um, now, was that mandatory that north of the of the states to be a curler or be involved it's in part it? Of, it's part of the town. Uh, like a lot of town bowling, right? Right. Part of a lot of town, you know. Yeah. And and so you, yeah, you join a you join a, a curling league, and it, yeah, and it's a drinking sport, sure. mostly. Uh, except that you know there are some people who actually uh, were are you know it was part of their life, and they were very good, you know, uh, uh, you know Bobby Labonte next door over in Grafton is still a legend. And um, he's but no, you must have beat his ass. You're a world champ. Oh, no, 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 Bobby. Um, uh, not world, county. Champ. <laughs> um, Bobby Labonte was. Uh, I had world champion North world Dakota. Champ? North Dakota said North Dakota 1979 world champion. Fuck, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, but I was no Bobby Labonte. He's famous in the next uh, town over. The U.S. had never won the the, the international championship. Are you getting Boston. this confused with Bobby Fisher? No, no, Bobby Labonte. Okay, I'm just making yeah, sure okay. this wasn't a... So, uh, and so Bobby Labonte, for the first time ever, the, the his team, the U.S., was about to win the world championship. Uh, at the very end, uh, the Rocks hit each other. Bobby Labonte, um, we won. He jumped up in the air, came down, and hit the Rock of the other team. And then never ever for 60 years did the US ever do well in the the world championship. So it was called the Levante curse. Oh no. Yeah. So um, I wasn't at that. How quickly can you teach somebody? I've never curled. Could you teach me in 30 minutes? Yeah, you would. I I, I think that I could, I could tell you the, 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 the philosophy of sport, what you need to do, you know, and make you seem like you're a curler. It's really hard to do the release and slide, but you would understand 
Now, we prefer to call it chess on ice. Okay. You know, where you're, you know, you got your rocks and then you protect, you know, just like your pawns do, you know, and, and then the actual how to curl. Is it maybe, is it closer more to like bocce ball? Uh, yeah, I could call it that, you know, um, but um, and then you would learn things. We'd tell you right away that we never say sweep. You don't. Say, you say uh, hurry, hurry, ah, hurry. And, then, and then if you want them to get go, hurry hard, and then that that sweeping actually is you know the, the ice is getting warmer, so the curl of the rock is going to follow that warmth of the ice, and you, that that's you can make it curl around. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and then you because um, you know normal Americans only see it. Four times, once every four years during the yeah. Olympics, for but, the eight minutes that it gets seen. But no, but the, the, this, north, this right? year, no, but this year, I don't know if you know, this is the last Olympics. It had huge ratings. Did it? Oh yeah, a lot of people watching um, because why? Uh, well, the pants. Uh, uh, yeah, you know some of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's and, face um, it, and it's all very convivial, right? Um, uh, uh, you know, it's always just you know, uh, yeah, everyone's kind of a good guy, and you slap them on the back. You know, and everyone except for Tim Somerville, everyone you know, they're one bad guy. In the, in All the right, sports. who's Tim Somerville? Uh, yeah, so uh, me and the reporter from St. Paul realized that uh, we were going, going to the Olympics, and I and I said, uh, "What year is this? Ninety? This is." Um, or ninety four? Uh, no. Let's or are we see. still? Are they at the Nagano? Um, are, are they, they still every year with the summer at that point? Ninety two, ninety. Yeah, it's yeah every four years. Right. So right. it was ninety two probably or yeah, ninety four yeah. or ninety six. Yeah, I said, Jim, we got to go and and do a curling story up in Duluth. Ah, no, he goes, I. There's no story. That's boring. There's no story. And I said, Jim, you are our best sports writer. You will come up with a story. You know. You'll find it. Yeah, dog. you'll find it. So. You know everything. You know convivial. Everyone you know liking each other, except for Tim Tim Somerville. And it's like, well, there aren't any assholes in the sport. You know, um, uh, why is everyone? He's gonna looks like he's gonna win, right? And, yeah. Uh, and in and so back in the day, the reporter goes across the street to um, the library and the newspaper to look it up. Turns out Tim Somerville convicted rapist. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Dirty laundry and well, curling. Yeah. Well, so the, there was a the big party, and everyone was drunk. With Tim, uh, had a twin brother. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, this is a Dateline yeah. now Nightline special. And so, so Tim's twin brother, his, the wife was passed out, and Tim came in and you know, you know, put the curling broom in her car, <laughs> and, and so you know he was, you know, he was. You know, pariah, and but he's also a, a dickhead, you know. And so now the USA curling people are like, oh shit! <laughs> Finally, we're gonna get some, uh, and then we're they're they're gonna talk about uh, Tim Somerville. Bud Somerville was is sort of the Babe Ruth, you know, his old his dad, and and so now the USA curling. But what will we do? We got to find the story. Well, turns out another one of the players on the on the team. Uh, was uh, had a bad kidney, and he wasn't supposed to play. But his his uh, he decided I'm going to go and play uh, curling. But but my my wife is going to be donate donate my donor. And so as soon as the Olympics are over, there's going to be the kidney surgery. Well, 
he was known as Kidney Boy, right? And he's a great. Al, everyone was doing a story about Kidney Boy, you know, and, and ignoring the rapist guy. <laughs> who, who knew? There was so much excitement and girl. I mean, I thought Ben Johnson got a bad rap in '88. And so, backing it up, Jim Capel, who. I think it ended up working for Sports Illustrated. Um, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cape, the name sounds familiar. I, yeah, I said, you know, I said Capes, come on, I, you know, let's just go up and we'll find a story, you know. And I think that Capel and I could just, you know, you go again somewhere, anywhere, and let's find a story, you know, a, a good story. I, I always thought uh, for a travel story, what I wanted to do someday is have a map of. North Dakota and Minnesota up on the wall and you, you um, blindfold and you throw a dart, right? And whatever town you land on, you go there and and do a story. You know, it's similar to this, a book by a guy called Have a Catch. You ever, he basically, yes. yeah. He just all over the world or all over the country and then and just found someone in the, and played catch. You know, and got great stories out of that, you know. When now you say North Dakota and Minnesota, like, are they like almost like two states? Like you can, they very much cross with each other? Well, yeah, the, 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 um, on where they where they a border, that's the Red River Valley. Okay. And that's the, you know, the best farmland in the, you know, the country. And so there's those people, kind of that's the Red River Valley's like the heart, you know, and then... Then you know Minneapolis and St. Paul have a lot more people, and you know, but there's the Red River Valley is kind of like a a region. Okay. So that's why that's why we're making our dartboard those two. Okay. Uh, and I think I could. I mean, I could go, you know, end up in you know Adams or Crookston, and and uh, you know, how long would it be for, before someone bought me a donut? You know, or. Um, in my town, mom would start talking. And what are you doing? Well, I'm traveling around, you know, just doing stories. And this is one of my stuff. You, oh, then you'll stay at our house. <laughs> yeah. And, and then she she wouldn't give up. No, no, no. We have five. We have you know we have four bedrooms. You know, they're not being used. So. You can take Billy's old room. Yep. Yeah. Or, or the hat room, which is where dad, you know, put all of his hats or the, you know, the, where the room where the dog hung out. And uh, yeah, that's that's what you do. You know, you're not staying at the hotel. No, it's too expensive. <laughs> Charge you twenty nine dollars. You come to our house. You, we'll you, take care yeah, of you. Yeah. And yeah. And then again, mom would find someone, you know, that. Uh, you know, a, a relative, you know, common relatives in the Czech Republic or something, and <laughs> started to be a pen pal. When did you decide, okay, I'm going to take this photography and I'm going to progress through high school, and I think there's something there for college? Uh, probably, you know, by the time you're um, junior in high school, right? And you go into the guidance director's office, and he, and he says, well, what what do you want to do for a living? And I, I said to the guidance counselor, I want to be a photographer. That's when I was in, a junior. And, you know, you, you know do what? Yeah, for newspapers and stuff, I want to, that's what I want to do. And Mr. Jo Johnson said, uh, I don't know if you could make, can't, can't make a living doing that. You might, you might want to think about, um, maybe working in a camera store or something. 
And I, you know, I said, I'm not, fuck it. I'm not going to, you know, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a, a photojournalist. And um, so when I went back from my 20th reunion, they were uh, making a new school. They're tearing down the old one. And oh. so, so my friend John and I, we broke into the school that they're tear, tearing around. And we went, <laughs> we, found, we found Mr. Johnson's office. And ever since then, then... This has always been on my desk. <laughs> Fuck you, Mr. Johnson, guidance director. You were wrong. What happened to Mr. Johnson? I don't know. Some sort of... I, I, I shouldn't say anything b- bad about him, but... Um, he just probably blended in with the rest of, you know, one, he was like... But he missed it. He didn't see what Bill had, and he mm, missed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he was a very boring guy, you know, uh, a medium, you know. And, right. Yeah, and, and... Just a five, a medium, a gray. Yeah, 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 he was a five, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's like, you know, um, one of the other kids, uh, you know, I'm going to be a rocket scientist or, you know, whatever. Oh, good for you, Stacy. Let's go. You know, here yeah, you go to yeah, JPL. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah. Bill can't it, use a camera now. Well, it's a, you know, or someone might come into his office and say, I want to be a, an artist. Oh, oh, no, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be an artist. You, you know, he had like this little, you know, chances of getting, yeah, I could have gotten a job at a camera store, but, you know. And I, it was That's safe. That's yeah, safe. safe, right? And so I fit, yeah. And so that's I, a dream crusher. I, I knew that, um, I knew that I could do this. And then ever since then, I just, you know, worked harder than, you know, you know, as I can, you know, like, um, don't sleep, you know, and, you know, you're in the dark room, you know, breathing toxic chemicals. <laughs> That's I, all. My daughter, when she was taking photography class, black and white photography class in high school, and, uh, and she, she uh, so how's it going? Uh, the dark room is, you know, I don't like that so much. And her fingernails were all yellow. And, and I said, why is that? Well, it's from that, the, the um, she showed me a dark room. For this, the second one there, the stop bath. I said, Katie, you know you're supposed to dilute that with water, right? So she was like, using. Why the wine just She said. Well, yeah, it is funny because I, I even when it's diluted, I don't know if you remember that would yeah. make your fingernails soft and smell. You know, yes, you know, yeah. yeah, God, that's what it's all. If you look at old photos of Ansel Adams, his fingers are black as the sky. Yeah. He he never used them, and he had no fingernails left, and all his fingertips were just black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got tongs, Katie, you got tongs. Yeah. Now I, I always wonder, do you think Ansel Adams used? Um, uh, Potassium ferrocyanide. Remember that thing that yeah, you use yeah. to get the to get it white. Do you think he did it so he had the zone system in? Oh, you know, I, yes. Do you think yes, he 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 played yeah. with it absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My professor was one of his understudies. Yeah. And, he and would, now he had uh, just like a certain number of people that were allowed to print off his negatives. Yes, yes, and just the, just those, less those, than a dozen. Like and it was those very, negatives are all still there. Yep, that's yeah. a tight mm-hmm. group that was allowed to even get anywhere near yeah. those things. Yeah, I mean they're they're just absolutely valuable. You couldn't yeah. have someone just walking around with an eight by ten. Um, what's your favorite color? Uh, my favorite color. It's actually changed. It's kind of funny. When I was a kid, it was midnight blue. But now it's kind of gone to Forrest Green. I know him. Do you? No. Uh, it's the cousin of Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> my uh, my favorite color is black. Okay. And my you know my favorite number is 
10? Yeah. It's perfection. Right? <laughs> it's just perfect. Right. Yeah. It is. Yeah, hey, you know your stuff. You oh, must you, have been a photographer. Uh, occasionally uh, right? I dabble in it. Uh, now, why did you decide photojournalism and not studio or documentary but, uh, or war photographer? Mm, oh, Go off shit. to Ireland. Oh, and, shit. I'd never, I'd never do that. Um, that's not, but you know, mm, that, that, that drives a kid. I mean, you're young. Mm, if you're looking at mm, life or Time or L.A. Times, uh, New York it, Times. It was uh, Henry W. Kelly. Right. You know, it was it was going out and and at random and finding a story on someone and then a couple of days later it's in the newspaper. You know, if you do the documentary stuff and it's like it's a long term thing. How long is it gonna be and you know You didn't have the patience for it? No, I want to see it published right, right. away. You want and, it and that's a charge, right? It's oh, it like, is. You know, and you see the pictures getting published and uh, you know and uh, and, and what did you think the first time you saw your picture in a paper? Oh, uh, should take him into the shade. Uh, it's kind of got. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what raccoon eyes means. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, yeah, and then I just I learned that pretty quickly about you know, luckily the light and the, uh, you know, I didn't know I was doing Rembrandt lighting, but you know, um, it looked right to you. Yeah, it looked right to me, and I and see I, that's the forty percent in you. You yeah. knew. Something was right uh, when you saw the certain things. Yeah. And then um, you knew what was wrong. Yeah. And I would, I've always been someone who, if you see like, um, you know, a, a good sunset or, um, or light, you know, just when the light is good, so I'll just stop and then just look at it and, uh, or, you know, and take, uh, take a breath, you know, and I, same thing about like a really hot day, right? Mm -hmm. And then you stand in the shade, and the breeze comes by, and um, I, I make. I, that's another one of my things. It's uh, you know who told me to do that, Warren uh, Zevon. What? Yeah, that the phrase is uh, enjoy every sandwich. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah. Yeah. When he was uh, Zevon was on the Letterman show, he had lung cancer, and and Letterman said, "Well, you're going to die soon. What, you know, what have you learned?" And he, and Zevon said, "Enjoy every sandwich." And he didn't mean that literally. I mean, let's say you're having a sandwich and it's really good. You know, you, you set it down and say, "Oh, it's a really good sandwich." But that one of my philosophies in life is that enjoy every sandwich, and and, and you're playing with your daughter or, you know taking a nap or eating eating a sandwich or looking at the light uh, you know I'd pass this on to my daughters is is stop and en enjoy that cool breeze you know and enjoy every sandwich some people say it's kind of like oh that's the same as uh, you know stop and smell the roses no nah, nah, I don't do that you know why too many pricks <laughs> Uh, workshopping that joke. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's. I mean, that's what we don't do anymore. And then don't. And yeah, the sunset. Don't take a picture of it. Sit there, you know. And I remember some of them. And and um, or any of the little things. And then, you know. And obviously nowadays I enjoy more sandwiches. You know, um, like just moments, like you know, um, standing, you know, sitting across from. Uh, Matt Brown and and marveling how great his teeth are. <laughs> you got great teeth, dude. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 
<laughs> your nick, new nickname is Colgate. <laughs> Great. When when did you start deciding, okay, college. I'm going to college and I'm doing this. I'm yeah. pushing a shutter button. Yeah, and so I, um, and right away I um, signed up for journalism, right? And um, What school? Where'd you go? University of North Dakota. Okay. Uh, um, is that the lumberjack? No, that's Bemidji. We're the... Bison? No, we... Oh, we said the... Oh, jeez. We, we used to be the Fighting Sioux. Oh, Fighting Sioux, and they that's us, right. And then they made us change our name. Ah, that's the, right. Christ, to, I forgot. To, and the, to the Fighting Hawk. And you don't want 70s, me, 80s, you were actually yeah. allowed to be an Indian. Yeah. Uh, you don't want me getting started on this, because that's a rant. You know, that's a rant for an hour. Um, <laughs> it's... There's... That's a whole... Another story, um, but um, so you were a fighting Sioux. I was a fighting Sioux, and so um, now did you not want to leave the state, or that was just it, mo- money? Money. Yeah, well, it was like cost like two thousand dollars a semester, you know, and um, and even I got, back then uh, that was still a lot uh, of change. I, well, yeah, but I had like some scholarships because I was really smart in high school. Okay, valedictorian. Oh yeah. well. This podcast is just immediately yeah. taking a rise. Um, Valedictorian. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was a uh, journalist. And um, very first day, first thing that Dr. Keel said, uh, he said, the media is a ubiquitous phenomenon. And then he wrote it on the board. <laughs> the media is ubiquitous. And then he said, now I want all of you, every student, I want you to write that out. The media is a ubiquitous phenomenon. He said, now, when you go home on break and your mom and dad ask you, what did you learn in school? And then you say, the media is a ubiquitous phenomenon. And um, and then they'll think their money is being well spent. Right. So I spent more, like 30 years of my career trying to get the word ubiquitous in the newspaper. <laughs> did you get it? Yes. Okay. Actually, in a headline. In a headline. Yeah, so um, Bern Keel is one of my um, uh, Facebook friends, and he, he said, uh, pat you on the back. So, What's uh, the headline? So what does it say? It was something about, um, we did a story on, you know, like the, during tax season, they got those guys uh, in Liberty wearing Statue of Liberty costumes. Right. And, uh, you know, and they're doing their dance, and, um, and they're ubiquitous. And... Um, that's the way I wrote the uh, the headline because those guys are ubiquitous and uh, got in. So, um, so yeah. So I took journalism class and then uh, right away I went over to the school paper, the uh, the Dakota Student, and I said I, I want to you know take pictures for you. Can I be on your staff as a freshman? As a freshman, and you were uh, in. Well, and then um, the um, last name Olson. Um, Greg Olson, can't remember. Oh, I can't remember the first name, but he said, "Yeah, no, we don't, we don't hire freshmen on the newspaper staff." But I just, I just kept shooting pictures. I'd go to the hockey game and shoot pictures, do features, photos, and take pictures. And I just go up there and, and say, "Here, uh, run this." And you know, and they started. You know, they would run stuff that I did for freelance. And I met him, Olson, um, Jeff Olson. I met Jeff Olson like. 15 years later, and he said, I need to apologize to you um, that um, I didn't hire you as a freshman. That was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. (laughs) 
Um, he screwed up. Yeah. Well, I would just take photos anyway and um, take pictures. And then <clears throat> I had my defining moment, I think, you know, in maybe it was October. And I'm shooting a picture of a, of a guy playing Frisbee with his dog and the dog, you know, jumping up and catching the Frisbee. And uh, I'm shooting the dog. And then as I'm shooting him, I was shooting the dog, I was looking at it and, and uh, imagining printing it in the dark room. You know, imagining, and as I looked at it, and I said, well, if I keep shooting from this angle, it's gonna be a real white hot spot in the upper right-hand corner, and I'm not gonna be able to burn that down, so I need to go over to the left where the trees are more um, uh, uh, clean, bunched together, and then I started shooting that. You started seeing your prints before you pulled the trigger. Right. And that's like, that was the moment that I think, the aha moment, which means that, and what great photographers do, they take 3D, life is in 3D, mm -hmm. and then you make it into 2D. Right. right. You flatten it, sure. Yeah. And that's why, again, I don't want to be one of those, you know, back in the day guys. I don't think the young kids... The young photographers do that as much because they're shooting everything with their iPhone, wide angle, right? And and, and they don't they don't notice that you know, this is too loose. You know, this is the picture's right there. You're in the, in the lower left hand corner. This is what you shot a shot. Yeah, they don't see the pole come out of their head and the distracting uh, right. backgrounds and everything. Right. And right, right. Um, they and just I, got it on their phone. That doesn't yeah. mean it's a good picture. Well, yeah, and and. Um, and but we're different, right? Professional yeah. photographers. I the one anecdote that, and see if you agree with me on that. That's like someone, professional photographer like Matt Brown or or um, um, Charlene Brown. Why oh, don't bring that up? <laughs> anyway, I, Matt Brown could go into a stadium for the twenty thousand people, right? And uh, Matt's the only professional photographer. The rest are just you know, just citizens. And you have to do a picture story with 20 photos in it. Well, there's going to be a couple of guys that are going to take a, one really good or two really good pictures on their, uh, their cell phone, but there'll be no one in that stadium, no one who could produce 20 pictures that right. are good. And uh, maybe 30,000. You know, there's probably 12 uh, plumbers that, mm -hmm. that, that could fix your toilet. Right. You know, and there might be. Uh, 27 electricians, but, but. And a surgeon, but there's not one that's going to be able to do the photo story. Yeah. And that's how unique that we are. And we should all pat each ourselves on the back that yeah. we are, uh, we what we can do, no one else can do. And then, and then, so now it's incumbent upon you to utilize that. And if you don't, um, I, I, you're not being true to whoever you're supposed to be because right. some, but like you said some of it is inborn what do you say 40 40 percent yeah like it's it's you the other 60 i can kind of teach up somebody but yeah doesn't get yeah. them over the hump yeah and i think you have to be born with it my daughter um she started taking pictures unbeknownst to me she didn't want me to know like it was something dirty no 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 she, she, <laughs> no, she, she didn't want me to influence her oh so she started taking pictures and and she did everything opposite. She she shot everything with a telephoto uh, vertical. 
Yeah, usually, you know, kids will start out with a wide angle horizontal. Horizontal, yeah. And that's how she saw the world, right? Burnt and tight. Never, yeah, and, uh, you know, didn't see any reason to pick up the the wide angle. And, um, yeah, and then finally I started seeing her, her, her pictures. And I would be able to give her advice on, on just technical stuff, but... No, no comp- you know, composition. And so she is a, became a really good, or is a really good photographer, and we would shoot weddings together. I saw that, and, yeah. And she would, um, she would see things, because she's a woman, different than us boys do. Sure. And, you know, like, you know, I never forget a, <laughs> a bride we're showing her the book, and she goes, oh, I love this picture of the butter pads. And I said, well, oh, we worked so hard on getting the swirl right on the butter pads. I wouldn't see that, but a girl does. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, and so, yeah. And plus, she could go in when the bridesmaids are getting ready and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and they don't feel a discomfort yeah, with, yeah. you know. But then Katie quickly saw that Dad and all his friends were having trouble having a, getting a job doing that. So. <laughs> Do you feel you got the most you could have out of South Dakota, or excuse me, North Dakota? Oh my gosh, I almost said that. Yeah, remember now, uh, we talked early now, South Dakota is the one with the president faces, right? Yeah, right. North Dakota, nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. So the school with the nuclear weapons, did it prepare you for photography moving forward? Did Uh, you get good classes and good instruction? Wow, yeah, that's... um, well, eventually the sophomore year, they let me be on the school newspaper, right? And um, I uh, had a pretty good editor-in-chief, and then I, uh, the the um, local paper, the Grand Forks Herald, you know, they would be at some of the same games that I was at, and then I would glom onto them. You know, how does it? How do you do this, Dean? And, and we had a group of guys at the paper the the Dakota student paper that all of us you know went on to get good jobs at newspapers and but we just worked our worked our asses off I only I think in college only slept like five nights a week you know oh my no because we would the paper came out twice a week what days Tuesdays and Friday okay um and uh, we would, you know, I had the school stuff, but we would just pull pull all nighters because we were all perfectionists. We realized that we were doing something that, you know, our paper was really, really good. And um, were you more infatuated with the actual picture taking or the dark room early on? Hmm. Um. Well, that's an interesting question. Because you know, like, if you I know, think, oh, I think the picture taking, but I'd be. Yeah, and yeah, I think, but then developing the film and seeing the, you know, when you got it and the excitement of that, you know, it's a, I think the picture taking itself, you know, I guess, um, and not knowing that, right. did you get it or not? Right. You know? um, Soft out, then crop it, did I lose a finger? Um, I really loved the dark room. I loved deciding, was I going to put in a three filter? What was I going to dodge? What was I going to burn? What was I going to bring in and out? I really enjoyed that time. Much more so than I do with like Photoshop. Photoshop to me just seems annoying. But there was something about working underneath that light and dodging and burning. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would be a perfectionist on the prints, too. I remember once 
when I was working in St. Paul and I'm looking at a print and, and you know, making another one and make another one and another uh, photographer said, you know, that's good enough. The average person isn't, isn't going to notice. And I said, I, I don't take pictures for the average person. I take pictures for the most um, discerning uh, of, of the uh, readers. Right. And you realize if you please them, you please everyone. Right. I, my, I had a professor, he had a, on the wall, he said, make every print like it's going to be the last time someone ever sees one. Sees a print from you? Just sees one, period. Okay, I'm going to so mull on that your, one. Put, your, put your, your, all your effort into it, because he used to just kill you if you didn't do like the most simplest things, whether it was the crop, composition, the color, you know, you didn't have blacks, you didn't have whites, your grays kind of were everywhere. He would just beat you on it. Yeah. Um, but you probably, you knew though. Yes. And when you handed it in, you go, is he, he going to notice that this is too hot in the yeah. corner? Of course he is. Yeah. Burn that down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, or... Why don't you do the Missouri burn on that? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh yes. Yeah. Get uh, it burnt down. Yeah. yeah did, uh, did you cover everything you possibly could in college? Yeah, well, uh, all the sports. Music, sports, everything. Sports, yeah. Of course, the uh, University of North Dakota fighting suit, every hockey game, because that's what the big thing on. Oh, yeah, we, we, covered, we covered everything. Did anything yeah. big happen while in college? During that time, uh, whether it was like a couple na couple national titles, how about outside? Like, did any presidents come to town? Because that would have been either like Carter or Reagan, or did a warhead go off, or the Russians invade that I might have missed when I was nine well, or there ten? Was, uh, there was the protests. Uh, there's an air force base in town, so there were, there were protests of, um, and there were. Um, you know it's weird. There probably was stuff, but I I only think of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then well, the and ho hockey was big too. We won a couple of national champions. Uh, yeah, and the ho I stayed in the same dorms as the hockey players. Oh, and they were they were gods. You know, they could do whatever they want. Right. And I remember one morning getting up. Then the what the hockey players did is they put down towels and they flooded the hallway and then they opened up the window and so. The hallway was ice, and they were skating up and down the hallway. How cool is that? that and I remember is awesome. talking to the goalie, and I, you know, I said, he goes, well, what size are you? I said, I, I'm 13, 13 size. Ah, same as me. And he said, if you go up down the hallway without touching the banister, you will become an honorary Canadian. I did it. Oh! Um, yes, indeed. So I'm an honorary Canadian. I'm very proud of that. But yeah, can they that they would never be able to do that again. Oh, but, God, no. But they got away with it because they were, you know, these guys were, you know, um, yeah, they, there's a picture of me that one of the other photographers, I, there's a picture of me at the national championship uh, and uh, I'm shooting the jubilation on the ice and a, a photographer from another, a newspaper has a picture of me taking that picture and it's like, that's pretty cool. Now, what was your tools back then? What camera gears did you have and lenses? Had you picked a brand by then? Were yeah, you was, Nikon was, or I Canon? Was, I or? was Canon. Okay. Uh, would, it, would it have been A1? Was that one notch? Maybe, or? yeah. No, no, no. No, I think I did get an FTB, but I had yeah, all black body. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, because the motor drive on that thing was is still is still pretty zippy, and uh, but you didn't lay on it as much as you do now because you only have thirty six pictures. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, it was yeah it was. Uh, Were you pushing the envelope early like you did in your professional career? Uh, rephrase in college like you know you were putting in goal cams as a pro and lights and strobes and all that stuff in college were you starting to do that um oh yeah um i wasn't that i I wasn't that uh comfortable with strobes until after my internship um in milwaukee um in my junior year and I learned stuff from okay. one of those and I use hot lights uh, Smith Victor hot lights thousand watt then wow yeah because I just the, I watched the TV guys right and, right yeah, you know and, um, uh, and you know and I would just stick up the what are they what are they called long one Luma Lumadine no that uh, sounds kind of right strobe anyway these, but you had you, you had your Thousand, thousand watt. Ooh, um, those things can peel paint. Those are hot. Right. We just bounce it off the ceiling. Right. You know. Um, but you had your internship at the Milwaukee paper. I had one at the Grand Forks paper and at the um, uh, Fort Wayne paper, and then at the uh, Milwaukee paper. Was and John then, Beaver there at the time? Yeah. Yeah. That was. Um, it, it was interesting because I think the newspaper was just you know kind of a side job for him but you know it was sports illustrated you know so every weekend he'd be around the country shooting something and if it was nearby i would always go with him and hold his you know 600 and you know and did the, you learn from him oh hell yeah yeah well learn from him but I, I i i just couldn't see the way he saw i mean i would just watch you know in the game and then look at the picture of um, that he shot. It's like I would, man, I wouldn't have seen that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So he was the assistant director of photography, but again, it was. I think it was just, um, you know, I think maybe the maybe he did. I don't think he was a staffer. I don't think at the at SI. Not yet. No. 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 And so he had to have a you know a, a, another job. So, right. Yeah. But he was always being pulled to, to the the big event. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, well, sure. I'm gonna. Do a, you know ride along with it, you know and stand next? But to that's them. where you learn strobes in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, or you I, touched no, them, no, got your hands was, on. Yeah, because there was actually another intern um, that used strobes, and then because um, they could be intimidating, mm, especially if you've never touched them. Yeah, well, that was the you know we would do this same the lights in the same place that I was doing my hot lights, but then you don't you, you don't know. But I think that I learned the 45 degree angle and bounce you know with the hot lights and then i know that okay put the put the uh, strobes in the same spot right and um uh because they have been lighting stuff for you know uh i found that in the attic that picture there right uh 1953 um uh, uh was for a um uh i think the state fair and they shot that that as a dye transfer and it has, and it will never fade. Wow! And I've got four of them. I went up and may or may not alcohol may or may not have been involved. But uh, <laughs> me and another intern, that was like it was like it was like kind of freaky. There was like we were on the sixth floor, and then you look up, and there's like I went, you know, the 
is there an attic up there? And we got a ladder and opened the door and we're walking walking around there. And there's all this like speed graphic stuff and all this stuff. And then there's a stack of these die transfer prints. And, um, it's a beautiful print. Yeah. And yeah, there's it, this just like way, I mean, the other ones are like maximum color, right? You know, it's like a, like a, a guy with, you know, purple and back, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's like, and that's where, oh yeah, and they used, they used to light arenas, you know. Right. They did, um, you know, they, uh, again, one shot, you know, and if they had to do something over there and they'd light the hell out of it and, you know, take the picture. So yeah, you know, you learn from those people, the portrait guys, and a lot of great photographers there, you know, and um, so yeah, I, that's what I learned the most there. And um, yeah, that's when I, I took that back. After. Did you apply it once you got to North Carolina, uh, back yeah, to North? Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then my last internship was here at the Daily News. Now, what did you think as a kid from North Dakota coming out to the Valley? Um, Have you ever didn't, been out West? No, I, there was, it was, I didn't think any, I mean, as I'd been in, you what know, was that, 83? 80, 80, no, that was 80, 85. Five. I had, I had, I had like five internships more than you probably should. But, no, you know, I don't think you could get enough, really, yeah, especially um, if you got good staffs. I, I, you know what? It was, you know, I've lived in, you know, downtown Milwaukee was maybe more urban than, you know, um, I, I, I didn't feel anything, you know. Um, it's, yeah, but it's, you don't have snow. It's the valley. It's kind of very cookie cutter. And you're coming out for an internship where you've done all yours basically within a very tight region. I mean, did you think, well, I'm going for it? Well, what I did is my um, senior year, um, I decided to take uh, one semester off. Okay. And I loaded up my uh, Subaru wagon with 15, 20 portfolios. And I just drove south until the snow melted. And then every, you know, just along the way, dropped off uh, portfolios in the, you know, like those the Tucson Citizen and you know all these papers that I had heard about, and just stopped in, you know, knock on the door and uh, say hi, uh, I'm Bill, and here's my my portfolio. We don't have an internship, just take a look at it, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, because when you go in person, they're not gonna like, you know, get away from me, kid, you're right. bothering me. And so, yeah, and I just, um, one of the places I stopped was at the Daily News, and I, I think they had an, an internship, and then uh, went back and then finished up school in the last semester. How was that internship at the Daily News? Uh, I learned uh, I learned a lot. Um, I had, there's some pretty good photographers on the staff. The great Mike Goulding was there. Right. And, um, and uh, there's... Um, it was, you know, you just, you know, worked hard. It was weird because they were in a different building, you know, and that summer was hot, and you know, I, um, you know, I was getting some pretty good pictures, and then I was there the day they caught the night stalker. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, you were. Yeah, and I got photos of the perp walk coming in, and um, did that, you make the? Because uh, I'm watching the Netflix special, and I'm like, who's playing Bill? Uh, <laughs> Um, you can. I, I was looking for George Clooney. I didn't see him. Yeah. Uh, well, it's um, the uh, we did a, a story. 
there was a there was a movie coming a couple of years later ago. There was a movie coming out, and so uh, I went and I looked and I had the photo of of, of the perp walk him come him coming by, and uh, now if, talk about that day. How did that come about? Um, well, it's um, you know it's about the long hot summer. If you've seen the right. latest thing yeah. about you know and uh, and and then were you just out and about that day? Well, as soon as the as soon as the mugshot ran. In uh, in the newspaper, they knew okay, right. it's going to be so. Every, they wanted a, a photographer on the street at all time. So I'm the so I'm the intern, and they had me the midnight to dawn shift, right? And so I'm just driving around, and they caught him early in the morning, and then I heard yeah, the neighbor and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, and then I heard they are you on a radio at this point? We got yeah, the radio and the scanner, right? And um, so then I, I hear the the dispatcher, and and she's got the kind of voice that this you know that's excited and i think someone said send the world or something something to that effect and so i got to the scene where they too late when they're dragging them in so then i drove to the jail hightailed it out of there because back then they did the perp walk thing Mm -hmm. so um so then, many, many years later, when... But that scene turned ugly right because didn't it get like when they took him in like the whole neighborhood wanted a piece of him um I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, and they did perp walks back then, and it was weird because because he's being brought in, and um, you can see the one Frank Salerno in the picture if you watch that recent one. Right. Okay. So, and we're all lined up, the photographers on this, literally on the line. So this guy Ramirez, vicious, brutal killer, you know, and but he was hiding himself from the from the press. It's like, dude, like why would you know you're hiding from us? Then he looked back, and I got a picture of him uh, looking back. Um, but with your Tri-X film, color, color, oh baby! And I didn't think about. And then when I was back in the darkroom developing this thing, then I saw his those eyes, you know, and that just fucking scared me. Even in the darkroom. Um, so then, they, like many many years later, there was then a couple years ago there was a movie that came out, mm-hmm. and so um, I found the picture that I had, and I thought, I wonder who, you know, I recognize the Frank Salerno, but there's a bunch of other cops, and so I sent the picture into some sort of a sheriff's, um, you know, all the cops are still, you know, they they all keep talking and stuff, and um, and. Eventually, I got names of everyone in that picture. And there was like eight, nine guys. Wow. And, and so I said, well, we should do, let's do a story on these guys. And uh, so I tracked all of them down and um, uh, did video interviews with them. Um, found the kid, found the guy that with the, with the bar that was going to hit, hit him in the head, you know. And he said, "Yeah, I was going to kill him." And then my wife stepped in, and and her mom, and he goes, "Don't do it. Don't don't kill him. That's not, you know, that's not right." Um, but I talked to the cop that uh, it was a sheriff's deputy that made the first. That, you right. Know, he he was a rookie. He didn't know. And he was a young guy. Yeah, he didn't know what he had there. Right. And um, and his name also was Ramirez, and like he's still working. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so. Um, uh, so and then the LAPD showed up. Now where they caught him was right on the border of sheriffs and LAPD territory. So the L- LAPD guys said, "Oh, um, yeah, why don't we take him in? And we'll we'll grab him. We'll uh, we'll take this perp. We'll get him in." And uh, and at the time, sheriffs and LAPD 
they just, oh, we just got him. But you talk to them now, they're fucking, you know. They took our guy and so they could get credit for the arrest. Right. And so, um, so then I found these guys and I did video interviews with them and then I hand that, handed those over to the reporter and he wrote the story. <laughs> <laughs> I got a tagline though, you know. Um, but that was, uh, um, that was, that was pretty interesting to, that whole summer and, um, you know, um, it was, I, you know, pretty exciting, you know, terrible, but at the same time, pretty, pretty exciting. Right. You know? um, what was the question? Again? Well, the question is, now well, you finish up college, you're obviously in love with uh, California because yeah. you come to work for the paper. Yeah, and well, and there's no snow. Every time I, even today, when I, I'm in a traffic jam on the 405. And I don't get upset. I just say to myself, I don't have to shovel when I get home. I don't have to shovel. I don't have to shovel. So I see. I knew. You know, I hate the cold. I knew that I wasn't gonna stay in North Dakota. You know, um, you were gonna go somewhere. Somewhere warm. Yeah. And you found your love at the register. Well, yeah, that was. Um, well, let's say okay. My internship was ending, and I and I had wanted to stay and and uh, find, tried to find a job, and and there really wasn't. And he opened, so he did the same thing, made a portfolio, drove around Southern California. Yeah, your stuff is good, kid, but we're not hiring. And um, and then uh, Goulding, Mike Goulding said, well, yeah, you know that there's a job at the Orange County Register. I said, they go, nah, I mean, there's no, they're not even going to look at me. He goes, no, it's for the community editions, the weekly edition. So um, I went in there, they had an opening, and um, the boss, Larry Kasparik, said, yeah, it looks like you got a good portfolio. Hey, tomorrow, here's an assignment for you. And uh, something in a school and uh, a classroom. And I got there an hour and a half early and lit the piss out of it, you know. Did you really? Yeah. And uh, and the photo itself. Now, did you have your own lighting gear? Yeah. What'd you have? Uh, Norman's? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I had a Norman... 2000, those big heavy ones. Yeah. And I had, uh, I had, must have had smaller ones too. I right. don't remember, but I just remember, yeah. You know, and the, yeah, the photo wasn't all that good, but then Larry saw the picture. He goes, You're hired. Because, you know, I, I knew that that's what the register was all about. You know? Right. So, yeah. So then I got my job there, and I, every day off, every hour off, I would go over and you know try to you know to to glom onto these guys can i go out on assignment with you can i you know let me watch the way you know i got brian smith and you know and uh, uh kabata and rickman and mendenhall and these guys who are great you know uh, you know, uh, you know uh, shooters and like why like, why wouldn't i you know sure hold you know hold you and watch it watch you do oh my god this is great you know and and uh, can I climb up in the you know the catwalk with you and you know and you know and uh, and learn um, that first of all you may you must pay deference to Mike Edwards and then <laughs> <laughs> local guys will know that. Yeah. Now were you working out of the old Lewis Building in Anaheim? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, and then I uh, I'm there for about a year and a half, and they used to not 
under the Ron man, they didn't usually call up uh, the people from the AAA Lewis up to, right. um, you know, to the daily. But then Peter Weinberger took over. He goes, why wouldn't we? You know, these we're training these guys to do what we do. Right. So, so he hired me. And we've got a, got a great boss. He was. And one of my memories of him is, like, I'd been there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And there was a spot news situation, and the dead body was lying in the middle of the street. There's SWAT officers and stuff. He was covered up, the bad guy. And uh, it was like maybe two weeks into it, front page. And then Weinberger comes up to me, and he goes, great photo. He pulled out his own wallet and gave me $10. He gave me $10. It's like, <laughs> I'm obviously still touched by that. You wow. Know? Yeah, just just said, you know, thanks. And here's ten dollars, you know. And it's like it cost him ten dollars, but I have a loyalty to that man, to, you know, to this day, you know. And that's people don't bosses don't do that, you know. They don't oh. give you like a pat on the back or just say hey, thanks, you know, you know. And um, they, you know, they'll if you do something wrong. But that was like one of the that was a defining moment in my career. Is that you know, he gave me a. $10 bill out of his own wallet. So I don't even know if he remembers that, but um, that's pretty cool, huh? That's big. Yeah. That's a big move for a guy to do that. Yeah. Hey, it costs him nothing. 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 10 bucks, you know? So I do that now. Uh, if someone, regardless of where, um, you know, if it's someone who maybe a shoe salesman or a waiter or a plumber, you know, and I'll say, hey, thanks a lot, you know, and I'll, give them a $10 bill, but Canadian $10 bill. <laughs> of course. You know why? No. They smell like maple syrup. Ah, Jesus. And so do the, the $5 bill, the Canadian $5 bill, and the $10 bill smell like maple syrup. What are they, scratch and sniff money up I, north? I, I, I'm, I'm not making this up. You can Google it. <laughs> I, and I think it was just... Well, I'm going to believe what I see uh, on Google. Uh, <laughs> Well, okay. Well, there's legitimate magazines, you know, and I, I think it wasn't wasn't on purpose. But when they all the, you know, they got the the pieces of the metal and the bars and this and that, the chemicals that they use just happened to have a little scent of. Well, so you got to get a fresh one. (laughs) Yeah, not one that's been in someone's sock for several weeks. So that's even I think you know to carry that on or, or sometimes what I'll do is this so there was a guy at Nordstrom a, a shoe salesman and um, didn't have my size and he went you know above and beyond what he needed to do you know two days later hey your shoes are in so it's like wow that guy really you know worked hard and so what I do sometimes is I go into the Nordstrom and I said um, you know uh, John the suit salesman you know I, I said who's his boss and they say well that's Mr. Rodriguez, whatever, and I and I write a note to Mr. Rodriguez with the ten dollars, and I'd say, John, help me out. He did a really good job. I want you to go and give him this money. So the boss has to go and give the Canadian ten dollar bill <laughs> to the guy. 
because people nowadays, no, it's a great thing. Well, people just bitch at bitch at nowadays. Like they just write an email saying, "I, you know, I, I've been called into the boss's office, and they said, yeah, that you gotta, um, you know, complain about your, uh, we, you went to do art exhibit at Cal State Fullerton, and we got a complaint. Well, what did I do? What did I do? You know, and they said, well, we don't, you know, we, we they we, they didn't specify." You know, they just said that that you said something or did something inappropriate and stuff. But I, but they didn't say what it was, you know. And so I get called into the offices and say, you know, you know spanked, you know. That's oh, like, Jesus. And I, but on that same day, I went back to my desk, and then there was a letter on the desk from a guidance counselor at Laguna Beach High School. I'd taken pictures of a uh, an art exhibit with... Uh, um, at Laguna Beach, and it was candles. Each candle represented a kid who had committed suicide, in, in you know, at, at schools around the country. And it was a beautiful picture. And the principal or the guidance counselor wrote me a letter saying a kid came in because he saw that, and he told me that that picture, he decided not to harm himself. Right. So, all right, I screwed up. I said something, you know stupid and I get you know razzed for it but hey look at this I'm also a good, well who am I am I a good guy or a bad guy you know right and you know and it doesn't and then yeah it, you're guilty until you know proven innocent you know you, you know you do some stupid thing that you know ah you know he, the photographer came out here and he, he complimented my hair you know that's not appropriate <laughs> At your time at the register, do you feel that's when you started to take off creativity, your remotes, your strobes? Like, was there a growth at your time at the register? I just wanted to be like the rest of the staff. So just fighting to be amongst the greats. Yeah. And yeah, and that was a pretty big, uh, you know, pretty big leap, you know. And I don't think I, well, I'll never be as, you know, good as a lot of those guys you know um but i um but i tried to be on the same same level right, right. and and you know well, I'm, I mean, I'm nervous about every time can i do this can i do this as well you know and I, again i remember one day i went into the assignment box and before i got to the assignment box i realized you know what whatever is in here i can handle doesn't matter what the assignment is I'm going to be able to handle it, and it's going to be a great picture. Right. And I remember that day, and I was, I pulled it out, and I was a Boolean. I said, this, this is like, I was all happy and stuff, and I was like, weirdly happy, and and Chris Cavada said, what the hell's prob- your problem? You know, and I didn't say anything, but, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of the moment in any career, I guess, if anything, if you look at what your chore or task is doing, you have enough self-confidence that, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna kick ass on this. All right. Um, so as far as like picking a date, you know, that'd have been a couple of years into it, right? right. And um, uh, or, or particular, you know, occasions, you know, shooting a Rams game, and it was, you know, like Rickman and Mendenhall Smith, and then I was like the fourth guy, and we'll put you backlit in the corner, you know, and I got a picture of. Um, uh, quarterback being sacked, and it's like I got, I got on, the, I got on front page, you know, lead photo, and I think in that box over there, I think I saved that clip. 
Um, I know I saved the clip, but yeah, I think I still have it. That's know? great. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, and that I think that would have might have been the moment. It's like you know, and um, thank you for listening, and please click the like button if you enjoy the conversation, and subscribe as well. 